Welcome to FileMaker Off the Record. You're listening to Thomas and Teresa of Profile Developers, discussing all things FileMaker for developers and power users. Hi, this is Teresa Heiston. And Thomas Makwa. From Profile Developers. And this is FileMaker File Off the, the Record. record. Oh, wow, that one was pretty good. Oh, we're getting better at this. <laughs> so, you recently went to the FileMaker Developers Conference in Dallas. I did. And did you enjoy yourself? Yeah. You I learn did. a lot? Sure, why not? Because, uh, uh, well, well, you've been going to the conference consistently for how many years now? This was, I think this was my 20th year. The first one was in it was Monterey. Okay. That was my first one. I missed one of the Phoenix ones. They did a bunch of, I think it was like around FileMaker 8.5 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think I, I skipped that one. Went to the rest. I always get something out of them. And I've been to the conference many times. Yeah. Not as many as you. And yeah, I always, same, get a lot out of the conference, enjoy seeing people and getting to discuss FileMaker specifically and in general. Because we we enjoy something that not a lot of people get to do, which is we have someone close by that we can discuss in terrifying depth <laughs> FileMaker programming. Um, not a lot of people have that kind of, you know, a, a close connection, someone that they see regularly or, or a group that they can meet up with, that kind of thing. And so for someone who doesn't have a community either at their fingertips or physically present, going to the conference is just, just huge. It's like kid in a candy store. But just being able to sit next to somebody at breakfast and talk about global fields and everybody's not falling asleep around you or their eyes glaze over within five seconds, that's very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. So at this conference, one of my friends there is uh, Marty Thomason from Gearbox Solutions. Mm -hmm. And I got to do a short interview with him took some time out of our busy schedules and we met up in our room that we were sharing. It's all right. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't too hard to work that out. And he has his own descriptions of what the conference is like and what it does for him. And so we're going to play that a little bit later. You haven't even listened to it yet. So you can listen to it after we record this and you'll hear what he has to say. I look forward to it. Yeah. Because Marty always, he, he's a fun guy. Very smart. Very smart guy. A friendly, he's Southern gentleman. And you remember last year he got highlighted in the keynote for his work with Youth with a Mission, helping nonprofit in Pop Papua, Papua New, Guinea. New Guinea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Before we get to the interview, I just wanted to talk a little about the conference itself. Some are better than others. It's rare that I actually haven't enjoyed it that much, but this one was one of the best ones that I've been to. Oh, good. The material was good. Mm -hmm. The hotel was great big place. They have a huge climate-controlled atrium. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the rooms face into the atrium. So whenever you go out on your balcony, it's climate-controlled. Right. You know, you're right. in Texas and it doesn't matter what it is outside. It could be, you know, 100 degrees, which it was part of the time when we were there. Mm -hmm. And you go out onto your balcony and it, your balcony's air-conditioned, basically. That's you know? nice. <laughs> in the atrium, there's water fountains and waterfalls. There's a little river. There's very pleasant, mm -hmm. really nice place. It was a very good choice for location. The food, I thought was very good. There were a few things I couldn't eat, but for the most part, yeah. I think vegetarians might have had a 
little bit of a problem. I didn't notice mm. there were there was a lot of meat. They probably Did, had a vegetarian. I just I wasn't. Option. I don't think about it that right. much. Yeah, there were probably vegetarian options throughout. The food was very good. The attendee event was really well done. There was a live band, which was country music. Yeah, which is not really my thing, but live music is great mm-hmm. as long as they're good. The style of music doesn't matter so much anymore because right. you get the energy and oh yeah, and the crowd and gets that. into it. Yeah. And they had a lot of lot of different games around, you know, air hockey and some basketball. And there was a, a roping thing where you try to rope oh, a calf. Really? <laughs> they had... Did you try that? I did not. <laughs> they had old-time pictures where you put, oh, yeah. on, the, put on the Old West costumes. Mm-hmm. And, you, and should, that. you should see, maybe put that in the show notes as a... I will maybe. do that. <laughs> Out in the entry where the party was... They had giant cornhole. Giant cornhole. Giant cornhole. What does that mean? Just How big is giant cornhole? Gi- it was big. What were you throwing? They Sacks were, of potatoes? Basically. But, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Greg. Mm-hmm. Parcitti. He goes to the FM Berg, which is our local FileMaker group. Yes. He was out there playing for quite a while because he kept winning. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. So there was a, a lot to do, enough yeah. activities. Very engaging. Yeah. Again, some of the sometimes at DevCon, they kind of miss a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. on the activities. And this one, it was a nice environment. It's very pleasant. And that was all inside. Oh, yeah. Right. Everything in, was in inside. A lot of, in a lot of the more recent ones, you know, they might have taken the group somewhere that was outside. Yeah, yeah, we very so. often they'd go on a little, you know, you'd have to take a bus somewhere, mm-hmm. which was also nice. The uh, the other one in Texas, Austin, we went to... Wasn't uh, that a ranch we went, Yeah, sort? a ranch. I actually liked that one a lot, too. Yeah, I, I that thought, wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't unbearably hot. There was live music again. There was live music. There were a, a nice variety of things to do. You could meet an armadillo. You could. <laughs> and there was dancing. Like, mm-hmm. this one, they, they also did the line dancing. And a good event. And another thing that they've switched up lately, they're changing the format of yeah. the developers' conference. So last year was the first year where they kind of changed the offerings and the days and then this year they continued with well, that so, but the, you know they're kind of trying on a different type of schedule and i like that they're trying things mm-hmm. last year personally i didn't care for it as much the format it was two-day conference instead mm-hmm. of a three-day and they well, had third a third day it was, was fba yeah i didn't i just didn't like it as much mm-hmm. So this year they went back to the three-day, even though the third day is still has FBA specific sessions, mm-hmm. which which I went to some of, and, and they were quite good. FileMaker is, they're doing two things that are different from 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. They're listening, or at least they're letting us know they're listening. Maybe mm-hmm. they were listening before, but now they're actually letting us know they're listening. And they're sharing information, which they were quite closed about before. Like what kind of information? The direction that they're taking. Oh, so corporate direction. Yeah. The directions that they're taking and the more of the development plans. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know? So they've been doing that a little, you know, a little bit more over the years, but yeah, they're doing it much. And of course the sharing the sessions online. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's a big help. That they started doing that, I don't know, 10 10 years ago, maybe a little less. It was less than that. Less than that. Yeah. Because it used to be that you had to get DVDs. Remember back then? (laughs) Yes. Where you would get a box of DVDs. Yeah. 
what, six weeks after the conference was over? More than that. Yeah. Yeah, so that is a big, big change. And now they're open to the public, uh, I believe, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's probably directly related to their need of growing their uh, younger developer base, because that's always a challenge. Another thing, another reason why they're probably giving more information, they're able to give more information, is because of speeding up the product cycle and having updates on a yearly basis instead of, you know, the 18 to 24 month window that they used to have. Right. So because they're constantly working on basically two versions at once, they know more accurately what's ready or what is coming down the pipe and they can just speak more about that. And also too, I mean, what young person doesn't think or want to be involved in technology in some way, shape or form? They had that session that was public session mm -hmm. yeah i watched that live stream yeah which they've they've i don't believe they've ever done before yeah i was glad they did that that was nice yeah yeah i i love hearing andy lacate speak because i have i have a little bit of a thing for that kind of business the business side yeah of stuff and um you know of, of being able to talk about the business terms not just the programming i enjoy hearing his take on things and they're positioning themselves a little bit differently now with their workplace innovation platform. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Uh, you know, they've tried things in the past that I've, I have i don't want to get specific on, but I've, mm -hmm. I've not, right. not agreed with, not liked, whatever. Yeah. And I'm certainly not the expert in this stuff. So, you know, you, you come up with something, go for it. Good luck. I hope, right. it, I hope it works out. <laughs> this one I like a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it does, a, it's always been tough explaining FileMaker. Right. And it gets tougher because... A uh, long time ago, you could say FileMaker. It's, you know, it's like Fox Pro or <laughs> right. something like that. Well, all the competitors are gone. Well, well, now that there's competitors, like when they, when they, when he was talking about low code, no code. Yeah. And throwing those terms around. Which I never liked those terms either. Right, because they don't sound like anything. And FileMaker's not. Right. When you do it depends, advanced it, stuff. Yeah, but it's know. when you do advanced stuff. That's not who they're always marketing to. And so they're, one of their biggest challenges is to try to define their markets. And there's not just one group, but define them and not alienate either one end of the spectrum or the other. Uh, and I thought they did a great job in unpacking what the workplace innovation platform means. You know, he kept saying it, you know, it's a new category and we didn't fit anywhere else when we looked at what the categories were for all of these other applications or platforms, we just don't fit because they're so wide in, in who they can serve with the products and with the platform. I liked how they described the platform and unpacked that. And I loved the new ad, the animation. Oh, yeah, me too. That they showed. That was awesome. They put a lot of work into that, and they I, I think they nailed it. Yeah, I totally agree. When you are going to a client, presenting your abilities, you know, for us, presenting our, ability, our abilities as developers solve their problems, and somebody says, what's or before they even say what's FileMaker, you can whip out that video and say, this is what it is, or... That's what they stumble on online, and they say, "Oh, that's great! 
Because for all of this stuff, the language that matters. And they're getting people to use that word platform. Mm -hmm. I heard that a lot (laughs) after that session, whenever we were sitting around talking. Mm -hmm. That was a big one that most of the developers that we know that they were saying the same thing. Yeah. Like, oh, at least they got the word platform in there because this is that's what they think about. Right. Yeah. Because it's it's a complete ecosystem. Yeah. Because in the past it used to be, oh, well, there's server and client, and now there's the whole circle. Yeah. With all of those different pieces and how they work together. We should get to the interview and listen to all the brilliant things that Marty has to say. Talk, talks a little about DevCon. Mm-hmm. Talks a little about starting his business, how he got started, and how he grew his business. I hope that'll be interesting for a lot of people. Oh, I'm sure it'll be interesting. In the next episode of our podcast, I think we'll talk a little bit more about, get into some more specifics of the conference. Okay. And talk about some of the sessions that I went to and what I got out of them. So thanks for listening. And now we'll hear from Marty. Hey, I'm here with Marty Thomason from Gearbox Solutions, and Marty and I have known each other for, good God, 20 years? 20 years. We met at a DevCon in Orlando in 2000, what was that? Well, I guess, actually, it hasn't been 20 years. It's been, what, 18? 18 years. 17. 2001. 2001, so 17 years. We're rounding up. <laughs> okay. What was my question? See how awkward I make things? See, it's great until you turn that on. <laughs> So, how did you get started with FileMaker? My story is probably pretty common in the FileMaker community. My first introduction to FileMaker was uh, with a consulting group that I was working with, and they used FileMaker to track a lot of their client data. You know, I started out as a user. I think that was FileMaker 2, 2 or 3. My wife and I eventually moved to Atlanta, and I started working for a design firm as their in-house IT guy, and that's where I really started my FileMaker career in earnest because that was an opportunity where I could do development, adding functionality and features, and you know I, I didn't have any software development or design experience. You know, I got started with I, I think one of the books that really kicked that off was Scriptology. John Mark Osborne. Yep. yep. And then the uh, first DevCon, two thousand one. That was a big it was a big leap forward for me and. Uh, you know, where the sessions you're going to, the information you're getting is like drinking from a fire hose. And so I was interested in going off on my own, but didn't know how to get started. You have to give credit to my son. So we had, I think, yeah, we had two kids at the time and they were at the park and my son was wearing his fireman's coat and he invited some kids to play on his fire truck. This is Ian. Yeah. How old was he? He was maybe two, not three. Okay. Think. And then, uh, and so we met this family, and one of the guys happened to work at Cartoon Network. After a while, you know, we, we were talking, and they were looking for a consultant, and so I started working for them. Some. So your your son lines up the clients. <laughs> yep, starting at three. <laughs> starting at three. He's my best salesman. It sounds like. And so you your first conference was in two thousand one. Yep. And you've been to most of them. I, I know you missed one or two. I think I just missed one. one. I, I, yeah, the second one. So why do you keep coming back? Are you? Is it still like that? Is it still for someone that's been at it for you know more than twenty years? 
Is it still educational to the point of drinking from a fire hose? Or is it, do you get something different from it now? Yeah, I think over time, what I've gotten from it is has definitely changed. Those first few years, you know, a lot of it is maybe more on the technical side, you know, just getting some good, solid fundamentals, you know, being pointed in, in the right direction from the technical side. I would say over time, it's transitioned to, you know, more of a mixture. Uh, there's always some nugget that you take away, technical or business development or design or strategy. And I think a big part of it now is connecting with other people, just having an opportunity to be in a place where there are hundreds of other FileMaker developers and just a chance to have conversations and share war stories and come up with unique solutions. I don't know exactly what our listenership is, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think we have one. That one guy. If some of those are younger developers who are looking to go off on their own, they probably know about TechNet. They can probably find, well, they can definitely find, uh, you know, Google FileMaker help information discussion groups and, you know, find all the general information. What would you suggest to them to learn separate from FileMaker to help create a successful FileMaker business in today's market? If they're starting their own business, then I would definitely start sooner rather than later learning fundamental best practices for running a business, creating a, a mission statement or a vision and having a plan, planning early. You know, when I, when I started, I, I didn't really have a plan at the beginning. I was just sort of creating a glorified job for myself. You know, starting out definitely would recommend learning, not just focusing on the technical side, but also learning core good business best practices. So you now have a company with, what, six employees? Yeah, that's right. When did you go from a one-man shop to hiring your first employee? Uh, a couple of years after I went out on my own, I was still doing a mixture, probably doing more support, general consulting and support than FileMaker development. A couple of years after I went out on my own, I hired a, a guy who was a really good general support lead. And for a few years, it was just me and him, you know, but I still hadn't formulated any kind of specific plan and the uh, software development filemaker development in particular that side of it was the most fascinating part for me and so we started to focus more and more on that and so as we added on the people that we were hiring were primarily filemaker developers is there something that 15 years ago you didn't know that if your future self had gone back and said, hey, don't miss this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I could go back, I think it would be, again, developing a better understanding of what it takes to run a business. Business in general. Business, yeah. yeah. And focusing, finding ways to carve out more time for that. And, you know, I, I, think, I think it's probably not uncommon. I fell into the trap of, yeah, I focused so much on doing the work and didn't focus enough on the, the business side that and developing a plan earlier you know figure out what you want to do do you want if you're starting a company do you just want to be one guy contract out to other filemaker development shops or are you going to do you want to be a one guy and you are finding your own clients and running projects figure out where you want to be in two years and five years are you the kind of person that 
just loves the tech side, do you really want to run a business? Yeah. Figuring that out early on and then making a plan. And being willing to modify that plan as time goes on. When I was first taught about business plans and that I used to go to uh, another conference for shareware developers. That was my start. I built FileMaker solutions that were packaged up and sold as runtimes as complete solutions. So I went to the other conference and they talked a lot about that. Plan out your business, have a business plan. And a number of people there would say, oh, business plan is too restrictive. If I decided five years ago what I would be doing now, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, which I'm successful at because the environment changes technology. And that changes fast now. It changed much faster then. The speaker would say, if that's what you think, you're doing it wrong. Business plans are to be dynamic. They're made to change. So you can plan out your five years, which is good, and you should because it gives you a target. At least you're going towards something. And as things change, go change the business plan to adjust to your new heading. Yeah, I think I may, I may not have thought about it that way consciously, but I think that was probably one of the one of my stumbling blocks. One of the reasons I didn't create a business plan early was maybe the fear of making the wrong choice or fear of picking some direction that I didn't know. You know, there's so many options. How could you possibly choose? I think the, the act of sitting down and thinking about those basic fundamental things, what do I want to do? Give envision where you want to be, what's your life and your work and your career like in two years and five years. And if you can visualize something, like you said, you've, you've, you've at least, you're picking a direction, but you can always, you can always change that. Yeah. You shouldn't be afraid to make some choices, pick something, pick a path focus on that. We've been coming to these conferences for almost 20 years. And I'm the, the, I, I agree the same way. Like the, what I get out of them is, is different. And there's, there's some years where the biggest thing I get out of it is the, the social aspect, being able to come back and see the same people that I've known or, you know, meet some new ones and how they've progressed over the years. Mm-hmm. Like when I met you, whenever, whenever we met, some other developers, uh, Tim Sambura comes to mind. These are, they, everybody was starting off because we, we were all roughly, roughly in the same position at the time. It's been fascinating, you know, to look back over that history and see how the changes have happened, how the business has grown. And just being able to, to sit and have conversations like that, I found to be very helpful over the entire time. I don't think I'd be in the same position. I'd be surprised if I were in the same position I was now without ever having come here, I, I just don't see how I could have made some of the advances because I get a lot of support. I get a lot of input from everybody. Yeah, I think that, that there's just not a replacement for some, some of that one-on-one, face-to-face communication where you get a chance to listen to other people and hear that there's always someone else out there that's maybe struggling with some of the same questions or problems that you are. There's, there's so many more options now. If you were just getting started in FileMaker and you want to you know, become a better FileMaker developer and you're thinking about starting a business, there's an unbelievable amount of free resources online, text and videos. I think that maybe some people might imagine that there's no reason a physical conference just isn't relevant because of all the resources that are out there. But I would, I would argue wholly against that, that there, there's just something about being in the same place with people 
and uh, getting a chance to connect to them human to human and share stories and experiences. And The shared experience is the biggest thing for me. After the conferences that DevCon does now, finally, uh, for the past few years, have been putting all the sessions on YouTube and I believe open to the public. It's there, there for anybody to view. And you can sit and watch those and you'll, this is your thing. You're almost guaranteed to learn something. It's so different than sitting in a session and at the end walking out and having, you know, having the snacks with two or three other people who were in the same session and, and breaking it down and, you know, having that kind of discussion. I don't get the same thing from offline, you know, or from, I'm sorry. I don't get the same thing from doing that online. And then we still have user group meetings that we go to and going there and discussing it. It's just not the same. It's not as fresh and it's not as being in front of a live speaker is just listening to a, a recording and going to a concert. Yeah. You it's know, a different it's, experience. It's a completely different experience. Obviously your business has changed. You've changed yourself in the past 20 years. Do you still do development or do you run the business or do you, how do you split your time on that? I would say um, probably 25, 75. So 25 actually doing some kind of work that's billable in some way or as part of the effort to get a project over the finish line. And then the other 75% running the business, engaging with clients, lead generation, developing opportunities. Which do you enjoy more? I mean, it's hard to say. I, uh, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy both a great deal, but I had to, I had to make a choice. You know, that was part of some of the planning that I did years ago. Oh, you meant? I was going to say, I'm, I'm sort of similar. Like I, my, my time division is different because my company's mm -hmm. smaller and we're differently focused than you are. So I spend probably more than 50% of my time still doing development, which I absolutely love. But whenever I am dealing with the clients, whether I'm selling, uh, trying to get the client closing, or just discussing the process that we're going to go through and helping them solve their issues, I absolutely enjoy that too. So I, I can get that, that feeling. It's not, I think, I think 20 years ago, if you would have asked me, I would have said, oh, I have no, I don't want to run a business. I, I am technical and I like doing that more than anything. But as I've gone and grown over the years, I absolutely agree. I really learned to embrace it. I enjoy it. I liked how Jesse Barnum at 360 works. You know, Jesse. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I liked how, um, how he put it one time that he, his opinion is that if you're running a business, you can still do development, but you need to avoid doing development that has a specific timeline or a level of urgency. I think that's where, you know, people, when, when we try to balance doing both, you know, we're superhuman, we can do both. We can do this project work that has these tight deadlines, and we can also take care of what it, whatever fires need to be put out from the business side and do the long range planning. And it's hard to manage all that, especially when the project work is calling to you and it has a specific deadline. And I think it's easy to get into the trap of taking care of that deadline driven technical or project work. And then you never end up getting back to some of the things that don't seem as urgent but have a lot of long-term value. Well, thanks, Marty. I appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me <laughs> here in our room. <laughs>